greater faith. You're listening to What Revival Looks Like, a message from Pastor Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. I want to start off tonight just by introducing, taking a few minutes to introduce to you, and you may be seated. It's going to be a minute before I get to my text. So um, I want to just kind of talk to you about how I arrived uh, at what I'm going to be speaking to you about tonight, because I don't believe that I'm just coming with a lesson tonight. I believe God has given me a word for this service. Amen. The term revival has become part of our Pentecostal jargon. It is most often referred to in an effort to highlight special services with special speakers focusing on evangelism and harvest, right? We had revival last weekend with Shad Holly. We're having revival this weekend. We're focusing on harvest. The actual definition of revival, and I'm sure most of you already know this, is the condition of being revived or being restored to use. While the actual definition of the word differs somewhat in the way that we appropriate it now, both the definition and the way that we use it are okay with me, I will have you take note that used in either format, you cannot have one without the other. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Even though we may appropriate it in our way and in our Pentecostal culture, its true definition keeps it tied closely to our appropriation of that word. We cannot have revival in the way that we appropriate that word if we are not revived as the church. Amen. You cannot have revival without having revival. (laughs) You cannot see a great evangelism culture and harvest without a church that is revived and restored. Hallelujah. Greater apostolic, we are having revival. Mm. And we are having revival. (laughs) We are being revived, and we are reaching the lost. We are being restored, and we are impacting the field to which God has called us. Hallelujah. Amen. And I do believe that I've come with a word for you tonight. It is a declaration of faith and prophecy. We will continue. We will continue to be revived We will continue to be restored, and we will continue to labor and reap a harvest for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Greater Faith Apostolic Church, we are going to have revival here at Six and Spruce. Hallelujah. Revival is our culture. Revival is our mission. Revival is our now, and revival is our tomorrow. We are going to have revival. You are going to be revived. You are going to be restored. You are going to be renewed. 
and we are going to reach the lost. God is doing a synonymous work right now where he is restoring homes, he is restoring lives, he is restoring families, and he is impacting the field to which we have been called. We are having revival, and we are having revival in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. That being said, it was Thursday morning of last week, right before I packed up to go to Texas, that the Holy Ghost arrested my attention and put a word in my spirit to bring to you tonight. The Lord put these exact words in my spirit. He said, what revival looks like. And I wrote those words down on a little post-it. I left it right in the middle of my desk so that when I would come home on Monday afternoon, I would be reminded of what the Lord spoke to me last Thursday morning. Hallelujah. Ah. And that's what I'm going to speak to you about tonight, what revival looks like. We have spent three weeks focusing on the law of the harvest. And how timely and gracious of the Lord to give us what we need in the order in which we need it. God has been setting us up for success these past three weeks. He's been working on the infrastructure before the release comes. Hallelujah. Mm. The Lord has been teaching us where we should be sowing what we should be sowing, and how we should be sowing it because he knew exactly what he intends for this congregation to reap. Mm. We are going to reap revival in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the Lord has been teaching us about sowing. It's why he's been giving us understanding. He's been showing us if you will sow here, if you will change your priorities, uh, if you will focus your effort in this area, then I can release everything that I'm desiring to release uh, in terms of revival in your life uh, and in this city. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So the Lord began to deal with me about what revival looks like. Revival has many unique markers and characteristics of which we need to be aware, reach for, and look for. We need to know about them, we need to reach for them, and we need to be looking for the evidence of them. Hallelujah. The Lord showed me 10 things in the book of Acts that I want to bring to your attention tonight. Beginning with Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. There is unity in revival. Hallelujah. They were all with one accord in one place. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. 
How many of you remember a couple Sundays ago when our sound system was not working in the way that we desired for it to work? Does everybody remember that Sunday? That's a notable memory in our minds, isn't it? Because things were not in one accord. There were many chords and volumes happening in the room. Mm. And it stood out, and it was obvious, right? Everybody noticed it, and we closed our eyes and gritted our teeth and tried to worship right through it, right? Mm. Why? Because mm, the harmony wasn't there. The sound system wasn't working right. We didn't have things the way they needed to be. And so it affected everyone and everything. Hallelujah. But when the sound is right, whoo, hallelujah. Have you ever noticed, you know, if you ever see one of my service agendas, Brother Hammond has seen them. And I make notes in there, don't I, Brother Hammond? I say, Brother Hammond, I need you to play that keyboard all the way until I seat the people. All the way through the long announcements the whole time. You know why? Because that sound keeps you all focused and unified. That's the power of sound. Now, have you ever been in a room with somebody or in some kind of a setting where somebody walks in and they got a bad attitude, but they're not making a sound, but the vibration of their spirit mm, can be felt in the room? When things are in one accord, they sound the same and they feel the same. And when a church is having revival, it doesn't matter who you talk to in that congregation. You're going to feel revival and you're going to hear revival. Hallelujah. There must be unity when there is revival. Amen. Same sound, same vibration. Unity causes a unified response. A prayer meeting gave birth to the book of Acts revival. This all came from unity. People gathered in an upper room. They were unified in what they were praying about. And it gave birth to revival. But why did it happen? Because there was a unified response. You ready? Here's a little pastoring. All right. Have I earned the right to pastor a little bit? Amen. When this house is full on Sunday, mm, and we have guests in the room, and backsliders here, and family members that we have prayed for so long to be in the room, halaboshata, mm, we can't afford for 60% of us to be making this sound and this vibration, and 40% of us to be making this sound and this vibration. We've got to get in one accord. That way it doesn't matter if they sit in the back or if they sit in the front or if they sit on the right, center, or left. No matter where they sit in this room, they're going to feel revival. They're going to hear revival because we are unified. Mm, 
We must have a unified response. Everybody say unity. Unity is what revival looks like. Number two, and suddenly. There will be suddenly moments when a church is having revival. What does that mean? That means you can expect divine interruptions in our service. You can expect divine interruptions in your life. You can do because when revival shows up, guess what? It's not always convenient. It's not always on our schedule. We didn't always see it coming, but we have to learn how to respond to divine interruption because suddenly moments are a characteristic of a church that is in revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be mighty moves of the Spirit. There will be manifestations of the Spirit. Everybody say unity. Suddenly moments. That's two. Let's go to number three. You guys, you guys should all love this one. You ready? Acts chapter 2 and verse 45. Speaking of giving, the Bible is talking about. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Sacrificial giving is a characteristic of revival. Oh, come on. I, I was hoping for a strong response so I wouldn't have to stay there and preach that. You guys want me to give you another try? Sacrificial giving is a characteristic of revival. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. I'll move on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. See, some of you thought I couldn't get through 10 and a half an hour. But we're through three of them already. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The integrity of the doctrine is preserved and preached consistently when a church is having revival. Hallelujah. You can expect me to mention Jesus' name baptism, repentance, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost every time I have this microphone because I believe uh, that the good news must be delivered uh, every time we come together. Hallelujah. It may not be the main focus of every message, uh, but it should be mentioned every time we are together because that's what revival looks like. Hallelujah. Every time we're together, we need to make an opportunity for somebody to make a decision to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The good news should be part of your narrative throughout the week. Oh, you thought I was done with that point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It should be something you talk about. Brother Ben brought somebody to that night of worship. And you know what? That young man was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But you know what? 
The first time he ever heard the gospel was not here in a microphone, but it was through conversations that Brother Ben had with him privately. I'm telling you right now, when you begin to talk about it, you'll begin to see it. So, mm, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Become comfortable with talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Acts chapter 4, verses 13 and 20. Uh-oh, Siri wants to chime in. Thank you. She's, she's chatty tonight. Beginning with verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. No verse has ever given me so much hope as this verse right here. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Hmm. They saw the boldness, watch this, of Peter and John. I just talked to you about sharing the gospel. And some of you are like, well, I don't know if I really know the word enough to share the gospel. These were unlearned and ignorant men. Their boldness did not stem from a place of knowledge. Their boldness came from a place of presence. They had been with Jesus. And because they had been in his presence, uh, there was a boldness that was birthed in them. Uh, and they were willing to tell anybody and everybody that would listen, uh, you need Jesus. New birth transformation should produce boldness in our lives. Pedigree is not required to be an effective Pentecostal. But presence with Jesus is required. Mm. And let me tell you something. He responds to the hungry and the thirsty. And if you truly want to spend time with the Lord in his presence... You can spend time with him any day of the week, any place that you are, because he fills all time and space. Uh, and if you'll begin to call on him, and if the earnest of your heart will be stirred, uh, and you begin to reach for him, I'm telling you, you'll feel the atmosphere change, uh, and his spirit begin to move right where you are. Let me tell you something. I can't go one day without being in the presence of my almighty Jesus. Hallelujah. They said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not sure I can give a Bible study. Well, you don't have to give somebody a Bible study to tell them what you're seeing and tell them what you're hearing. Just tell them what God's doing. Just tell them what he's done for you. Tell them what he's doing at greater faith. Hallelujah. Come on. How, how many of you right now? would lift your hand as a testimony saying, I know of something 
that I could say to somebody that the Lord has done recently. It may not even be for me personally, but I know something that God has done that I could tell somebody about. Hallelujah. That's all you got to do. That boldness, tell them what you've seen, tell them what you've heard. Let me tell you something. You will be shocked to find out how many people know about you all now. Because every room I sit in and every conversation I have in Texas, in Ohio, in Louisiana, in Indiana, in Kentucky, and in Michigan, I tell them, let me tell you what God's doing in Southern Ohio at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Hallelujah. Mm. You have no idea how popular you are becoming. Mm -hmm. You always wanted to be popular in high school. This is your moment. Amen. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 and verses 14 through 16. Hallelujah. And through the hands of the apostles... Many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. There will be miracles. There will be miracles. There will be notable miracles. You will see tumors disappear. You will see broken bones healed. You will see legs straightened. Hallelujah. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, uh, you will see notable miracles uh, because revival is going to happen here. You will see the crippled walk. You will see the blind see. You will see the deaf hear. Notable miracles have already happened in this church uh, since the first week of May this year. And I'm telling you, we have only scratched the surface uh, of what God is going to do. Miracles are a characteristic uh, of a church that is in revival. Uh, this is not an archaic blueprint of a history book. Uh, this is not something that is relegated to a dispensation of time uh, in which we do not live. I got news for you. We are walking in the same dispensation of time uh, as the New Testament church uh, in revival you will see miracles uh, happen.
there will be cancer testimonies. I'm telling you, I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost on me. I told my wife the other day, I said, babe, when you pray... I said, you pray against infirmity and sickness. I said, I have discerned it is a stronghold in this region of Ohio. But I'm telling you right now, the church is a force to be reckoned with. And we will not put up with a stronghold of infirmity in the name of Jesus Christ. This stronghold will be brought down in the name of Jesus Christ. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover as much as you believe somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost you need to believe that they will be healed in Jesus name we have authority and dominion over infirmity and sickness There will be numerical growth. There will be numerical growth. How many of you know our average is up 20 people per Sunday since the first week of May? Mm. I'm telling you, this will not be a fly-by-night church. But this will be a church where families are planted and families stay. This will be a place where marriages are healed, where marriages are restored, where kids come home, where kids, where prodigals will find refuge, where people in your family and your loved ones will be delivered from the bondages of this world that have ensnared their mind, their thinking, and their hearts. We will see numerical. Revival does start at home. Uh, Revival's starting there, but it will spill into the streets. Uh, It did not stay in the upper room, uh, and it's not going to stay inside of these four walls. Uh, There will be numerical growth uh, here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church uh, because this is a revival church. Mm. Hallelujah. Somebody told me one time, I said, well, it's not just about the numbers. And I said, yes, it is about the numbers. I said, I'm no fool. I understand that every number represents a life and a story and a family, a past, a present, and a future. I'm not diminishing that by saying numbers. I'm saying that's why numbers matter. Because every single one of those numbers is an eternity change. And so I want to see the numbers grow. Because I know as the numbers grow, so does the Lamb's book of life. So does that list in heaven. I want to see it happen here. That's what revival looks like. Ah. Hallelujah. Miracles, numerical growth, 
and territory expansion. The Lord told Joshua everywhere he lays his feet, he would give him dominion. What are you trying to say, Brother Benny? I'm trying to tell you that real estate matters. And when I say real estate, I mean it in the truest sense of the word. I mean property, dirt, where you walk, it matters. And there will be territory expansion in this city. Let me tell you how it starts. It starts in your house. Because when your house lives for God, guess what? The enemy just lost real estate. Ah. When angels are comfortable abiding in your house, the enemy loses real estate. He loses dominion. And now all of a sudden, there's a light on your street. There's a source of truth in your neighborhood. Uh, there is something impacting the atmosphere of your community when you have revival in your home. Don't tell me that revival can't be born out of a living room. I'm telling you right now, some of you are going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost in your living room because you made a decision in this place the enemy will not have real estate in this place this will be a place of dominion and authority for the glory and the kingdom of God this will be a place where a sinner can walk in and be delivered pray through feel peace feel comfort and hear truth That's where territory expansion happens. It happens when we begin to lead our homes. Mm. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Ah. You know, when I was their age, I was scared of going to hell. Mm. When's the last time you were afraid of the judgment of God. Mm. Oh, I think you guys are like, man, come on, Benny. Just had it going good. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. I'm as enthralled with the mercy of God as I am with the authority of God. Mm. And when I recognize that my eternity is held by him. Mm. It makes me want to please him. It causes me to care about the truth of his word. It inspires me to teach and impart the principles of his word to my children. There needs to be a revival of the fear of the Lord in our lives. 
The Bible says to fear the Lord is true wisdom. I need to understand that just the way his blood can cover every sin in my life and just the way his, the way his name can deliver me, he has the same power to judge me, and he will one day. Amen. Fear of the Lord will bring revival in your home. I remember being a kid. Anybody ever have rapture scares? I remember coming home once or twice and mom not being there. And I knew I was a heathen, Sister Haman. I knew. I, I mean, I, I knew how to look the part. Yes, Jesus. So I wouldn't get in trouble at church. But I knew I was mischievous. And so I would come home and mom wouldn't be there. And you know what I did? I pick up the phone. I called Grandma Mary. And if Grandma Mary answered, I'd just hang up and be like, all right, the rapture didn't happen. But if Grandma Mary didn't answer, then I was calling pastor. I'm like, God, have mercy. What was that? That was the fear of the Lord. I understood that it was real, that there was a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And it would be good for some of us to come to that realization again in our own lives and realize, hey, my choices matter to God. My choices matter to God. How I lead my family matters to God. What I allow in my home matters to God. What I entertain matters to God. What I allow in the atmosphere of my life matters to God. All of this has to do with territory expansion. Amen? Because when we begin to have revival in our homes, we will see numerical growth in this church. And let me tell you something. I, I think I've probably already mentioned it. I'm not thinking about next week, Brother Burton. I'm thinking about three years from now and the building that we're going to be building. I'm thinking about the real estate we're going to be purchasing. I'm thinking about the daughter works we're going to be planting. I didn't come down here to play games. I came down here to see revival spread like a wildfire across southeast. That's what revival looks like. That needs to be the vibration coming from your spirit. That needs to be the sound that radiates from your narrative. It needs to be revival in Jesus. Name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Praise God. There were dozens of things I could have brought to your attention tonight, but these were the 10 specific things that the Lord pulled from Scripture and put in my heart to share with you. These are the things that we need to be looking for, reaching for. It's not too late. And you did not miss your moment. 
And if you've fallen, get back up and just keep on walking. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this room right now. Mm. Sister Edna, Sister Brenda, I don't know if you're watching tonight, but I thought about you and I prayed for you today. Hallelujah. I want to see you back in this house. I love you. You need to be here. Hallelujah. Caden, I love you. I'm praying for you. Hallelujah. Mm. I prayed for Dustin. Hallelujah. This is going to be his home church. He's going to worship right here in this altar. There will be miracles. This is not going to be a flash in the pan revival. This is going to be a sustaining root system revival. That grows in power. It grows in territory. It grows in authority. And it's all for the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. Can we lift our hands right now and just give Him glory in this house? Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. Thank you.